All right. Welcome, everybody, to the Programmatic Digest podcast. This is a live podcast experience with the women in Programmatic Network. Hey, ladies. Bye. We're going to give everybody a hot second to join. I am joining on my phone to make sure that everything is Gucci. I've had some, uh, some people ask me about, okay, perfect. It is. Yay. Okay, cool. Looks like it's working from my phone. So yes, thank you everybody for joining. Welcome to the live podcast panel. Um, we're really excited to talk to these ladies today. The Women in Programmatic Network is an international group of badasses and unicorns in the programmatic world from um, different from different fields, different backgrounds, and I'm super excited to talk to y'all about your experience in the programmatic industry and amongst other things. So, um, <clears throat> Amelia, do us the, the honor and introduce yourself uh, to our listeners, and then we'll go to Jaden and Hannah. Cool, sure. So, hey, everyone. My name is Amelia. I'm a programmatic manager here at Mediacom. Um, space, I lead up a team uh, for training and planning programmatically for a variety of clients across the UK um, and parts of Europe. Uh, so, yeah, that's myself. Hello, hello. The name is Jaden Grant. Uh, I work at a company called Pubmatic. Um, I work on the customer success team uh, with a focus on our connected TV publishers. And uh, yeah, I'm delighted to be here. Hi, I'm Hannah Beanland. I'm head of AdOps at Lab Bible. Um, I started there about six months ago after a break publisher side. So yeah, super excited to talk to you today. I was actually going to ask you before we started recording how to pronounce it. <laughs> I was like, is it LED Bible or is it Lad Bible? Yeah, no, it's Lad Bible. Lad Bible. <laughs> and it's even though it's called Lad Bible, we do have half half the readers are women and well, half the are ladies and half are men. So it's pretty even, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I love this this panel because we have what? We have agency, uh, vendors, so like ad tech represented, and we have brand represented, we would say. Yeah, so, so, so ad tech, ad tech agency and, and publisher. And publisher, there you go, there you go. Thank you, thank you. Um, yes, so, okay, so I'm super nervous to talk to you all because you guys, again, are unicorns and badasses. So let's get into today's conversation. I think usually we talk about a specific topic um, on the podcast. We highlight a trend, but it's uh, here in the US, rather, it's uh, Thanksgiving week. And people are busy, people are overwhelmed. So I figured, let me talk to them from a different perspective. We want to learn about your, your upbringing into the industry, how you got to where you were, um, maybe learn from your experience. And uh, people on the podcast always hear me say, implement from your learnings. And so, Jaden, I would love to start with you and maybe learn a little bit more about how you got to where you are today, but make sure to highlight like some, some wins and some maybe not so wins so that everybody gets to understand like a journey that has ups and downs is not always perfect, but you either choose to let it defeat you or rise to the occasion. So we'd love to hear about you. My pleasure. Um, well, I guess to start, first of all, straight in with the not so wins. Um, I, I moved to London 11 years ago, bright and okay. smiley from finishing uni, was like, right, I'm going to go be a music industry manager. 
I'm going to work for Universal Publishing and I'm going to do what I want to do. So this was exactly what I thought my career was going to be, just being this badass music industry manager. As it turned out, you know, I think about a year into doing it, I was like, this is not for me. This, I love music. I love going to gigs and all that kind of stuff. But it just wasn't something that I was really passionate about. So I took a bit of a break. Uh, I was working in a members club in Soho at the time. And um, I was working on the events team. And we had all these kind of um, companies coming in doing various events with us. Um, so did the drum. I'm guessing you all heard of the drum. And we were doing another one for a, um, a data a data company. And this, I was kind of standing at the back of the room. And I was like, oh, this data thing, I really like it. It's really interesting. And basically, <laughs> I was reading all of this collateral they left behind being like, I really like this data stuff. And then I was kind of Googling stuff. And then I learned about programmatic. And then I was like, this sounds really cool. Like, this is, I need to get on this. Um, so I basically reached out to my network at the time, which was my friend network. And uh, I knew somebody who was working in the industry. And I said, hey, look, any chance you can just get me in there for some experience. And um, long story short, got in there for some experience off the back of that, then managed to kind of chat my way into the industry. And I guess here, again, long story short, eight years later, I'm uh, I'm here talking on with as from the Women in Programmatic Network on a programmatic podcast. So it was quite um it was quite the journey. There's a there's a book um that I recently read called Squiggly Careers. I'm not sure oh. you've heard of it before. A late a two ladies called Helen Tupper and Sarah Alice. And basically mm-hmm. it just talks about how, you know, these days careers, they're not just like you go from one step to the other or one industry or even one country to the other, which uh-huh. uh, very much was kind of what happened to me thinking I was gonna be a music industry manager and now <laughs> Now ending up, you know, doing CTV for um for Promatic um at the moment. So so I guess my learnings from that were first of all accepting that you know an idea you had of a career you might have might not actually be the one for you. Then I guess being bold ass, badass and brave to kind of go reach out and say, you know, look for look for other options. You know, don't be scared to ask people or reach out to a network and, and ask, you know, any chance you can get me in for some experience. Cause look, I'm probably the perfect example of you know, that being a success by just kind of being being bold and, and reaching out and uh, asking questions. So I'd say those would be my learnings. So I don't know if you did that on purpose, but you said bold ass. And I think I like bold ass better than badass. So I'm going to take it with me. <laughs> I don't know if that was done on purpose, but if it is, let's just say that was done on purpose because you're just that person. So uh, bold ass. Bold ass is amazing. And I will make sure to use it for the rest of my entire so thank you so much for the intro um hannah how about how about yourself how did you get to where you are i'm gonna i need to think of a word now i just need to be like bold ass i don't know how i'm gonna do it but i'm gonna try and weave in something along um so yeah i think similar to Jaden, um i came to london thinking the streets were paved with gold and i was going to be this like major creative that was going to take the world by storm and then quickly realized that I didn't have any money and so I needed to do something um I worked in Soho for a little bit I worked for some financial newspapers in the city which definitely topped me up um I did some media (laughs) sales which was pretty hard going sold bank accounts to people uh paid off people's tickets like I think I had nearly every job like (laughs) nearly every job and then started working for prime location where I think finally kind of found my feet and realized that um advertising could be done in lots of different ways it didn't just have to be the creative there was lots of different arms and legs to it oh, um, like mm-hmm. so started working with the sales team and was there for quite a long time it was a really great team to work in and I think yeah as other people kind of left the team and new people started 
it was mm-hmm. just brilliant I mean we loved it and we were yeah bottom of Soho we were going out quite a lot and it was a really fun time definitely yeah um yeah so after that I went to an agency so making the flip from a publisher to an agency was kind of an unknown about 10 years ago people didn't really do it Um, and even at the time when I started people were a bit confused about how I would actually understand what was going on because as a publisher I was at the other end of the journey I suppose Um, (laughs) I mean that was great as well fab tea I I think I've been really lucky with (laughs) maybe not with the selling uh bank accounts to people that wasn't such a great team but ever since then <laughs> since I've been in media I've been in some amazing teams um I worked in a startup that was based out of New York so I got to come to New York quite a few times which was super fun incredibly hard work and um yeah how you do a UK day and a US day in one day is quite a challenge but managed to do that for a little bit which was yeah eye-opening um then went back agency side and now I'm a publisher again so kind of moved and yeah I quite liked your analogy of kind of like wiggling around but always in a kind of operations role and always kind of yeah with a focus at the moment my focus is a bit more direct display but always with programmatic lurking and I do remember when the kind of the Rubicons and the Abmelds of programmatic kind of came to visit us and we were sort of mm-hmm. this programmatic stuff is never going to work like networks we made loads of money we don't need any of this programmatic and then yeah. like slowly yeah slowly creeping along so yeah until they're the yeah Bermuda they are today so yeah interesting to see the industry go from this kind of quite yeah there was a lot of lunches and a lot of drinking and a lot of handshaking oh my gosh yeah yeah, and yeah, then yeah. it all kind of like yeah we still have those things but we're a bit more serious about it now which is a good thing obviously <laughs> <laughs> I love it uh I had a brief brief time in my life too where I had to sell something and it was um <clears throat> here we have like big grocery stores is like they sell from a wholesale perspective at um uh, to consumers directly and it calls Sam's Club and I was supposed to be one of those people in Sam's Club with like uh, a table and, and selling yeah like on the yeah. one I was like oh no I gotta go this is this is not for me this is not for me uh, so that's interesting and when we talk about the jobs that uh, you had to do it that you're not yeah I mean I love my sales team now they're fab and they they do such a great job and they're so good at it I am not yeah. that person but I will absolutely help them whatever you need to help yourself I'm right here like know your strength love it know your Don't strength <laughs> oh my gosh Amelia yeah so I had a, a bit of an interesting kind of like transition I'd say into the industry um so a lot of people don't actually know, but when I I left I left school, obviously went to college. I didn't go to university. I ended up going to live uh, in Spain for four years as a rep uh, in hotels, and that kind of got me into like the marketing world to begin with, right. uh, where I was helping kind of obviously distribute flyers and working on banners and that sort of mm-hmm. creation, sell excursions and resorts. So. I guess I've always been quite creative and into graphics and just into marketing and so forth. So mm-hmm. that kind of helped with like the entry uh, foundations. And then when I decided I had enough of living in Spain for four years, it helped me kind of get like an entry marketing role. And then from there, I kind of spanned across uh, a couple of different areas. Uh, then more mm-hmm. recently, I focused on, on the programmatic world. Um, but I remember when I went from a brand to an agency and then I left an agency just to go into a more specific role that was meant to be across programmatic and social they asked me 
uh, if I ever heard of the programmatic industry and was like, oh no, but I did Google it. And I think it's about this. I remember saying, as long as you're willing to learn, that's fine. Uh, you can join us. So actually when I actually started the role, um, it was meant to be split across programmatic and social. It ended up after like my third day, I would just be on, on programmatic. Um, for me, I, I just, I able to pick up things really quickly uh, from it for not having much kind of like prior background. Um, so yeah, I understood like around the ways of working and the DSPs and what's an SSP and even down to things like building audiences out in Adobe, optimizations, working mm-hmm. with partners. Um, and I kind of felt like re- more recently in the last few years, like the penny has dropped with me in terms of Yes, I see myself working within the programmatic industry for many, many years. Um, like I feel like sometimes this is me. I found my niche. I found what I like. And yeah, I feel like that box is tick. So I'd, I'd be quite content with staying within within the industry. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I've, I've had different roles. Programmatic, I've been in-house. Yeah. Um, and now more recently, obviously, met, met an agency. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. it's definitely like an exciting time, an exciting space. And yeah, I feel like there's like lots of potential in terms of the industry and you can kind of do a bit of everything or specialise in a certain area. There's not like, you know, one role for everyone. So, yeah, definitely there's a lot of variety as well, which is which is great. I really I really love that. I was one of uh, so my experience is 100 percent on the agency side and the buy side. So I was one of the first trader that agency at that time hired. So I didn't have no background, no nothing. I was a marketing analyst for newspaper segment at that time. And they contacted me and I was like, yeah, sure, cool, I'll try. (laughs) Um, But I went to college for marketing and then I was like, oh, the the social media stuff is cool. And an intern, I had a couple of jobs in it and I was like, I that's not for me, I just can't do it. It was organic social. So I didn't love it. And I came across the program and I was like, wow. Yeah, this is it really, isn't it? Yeah, like this is it. Finding, like, you're like, that was like me. Like when I programmatic and I looked up, even just like seeing how it was drawn out with how it works with the SSPs and the DSPs, I was like, yeah. my mind. And my mind still is blown on a daily basis. Right, right. New stuff. But yeah, it's like that kind of thing, like finding your you know what what got what gets you excited. And clearly for us guys, it's uh it's programmatic in some shape or form. <laughs> I think like right at the beginning, I think it oh. you said like the thing was you were the only person at that business that understood how it worked. And like yep. having ultimate power obviously is a great thing, but then also not so great if you want to go on holiday or mm-hmm. you want to try and explain to somebody that's what you true. do. That's what I had a challenge with right at the beginning when programmatic came along as trying to make other people and still now actually, still I get asked by clients and I'm sure everyone does that like yeah what is it like how does it work and you sort of have to kind of tear it down don't you to that base like as yeah as you can but even now like trying to explain how ctv connected tv and programmatic works i mean it's a whole new world literally but it's uh it keeps things exciting i think it's also a misunderstanding this just because it's programmatic it means um you know it's it's one thing programmatic is is almost everything it's almost like a it's part of the oh i heard uh this quote from when I went to the programmatic IO conference, uh, an ad exchanger conference <clears throat> a couple months ago, and uh, the speaker, Rachel Mervis from, oh Lord, I'm not gonna remember, but Rachel Mor- Mervis said she was networking, she was talking to somebody in the crowd and somebody said, well, marketing is a skyscraper and programmatic is circuitry. 
And I thought, wow, that is that makes so much sense. And it goes back to what you're saying, like how programmatic is just the tool and the vessel that allows a lot more things to happen from a more marketing objectives. Like we think programmatic is just it, but like it's still part of marketing as a whole. It's just a channel of it all. So talking about networking, talking about uh, attending industry network, being part of a membership group such as like the Women in Programmatic Networking, can you can you share the benefit one? of networking from a programmatic perspective, like from your position today. And also like if you had to give a, a somebody an advice about like, oh, even if you're entry level or like you said, you're working in a different industry and you're like, oh, this programmatic stuff is kind of cool. Like how do I get close to this or get familiar with it? Like what are some advice? So um, Hannah, do you want to start? Yeah, of course. Um, so in terms of the benefit of networking, I think, as I just said, it's really difficult sometimes when you are the only person in that business that understands how it works. And mm. definitely I've struggled with that in some of the places I've been. Um, it doesn't matter how lovely the people around you are. If you can't kind of, you know, and you go back to your housemates or your boyfriend or whatever at night and you're like, oh, my God, like, gam wouldn't load, like, blah, 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 <laughs> MPUs. And they're like, what are you talking about? Please stop talking. So... There's no amount of Reddit that you can read that's going to be like, you know, is a substitute for actually speaking to real people. And I do mm -hmm. think that definitely the Women in Programmatic Network is so supportive of being able to speak to other people that are like you and not have the same job title, maybe, you know, a very similar role. Um, and also they by connecting, you do sort of get a different point of view, don't you? But it's from the same. Yeah, yeah it's coming from the same place, but it's looking at it from a completely different point of view so yeah it's really good and also I suppose the varied people that are there so as I say the three of us on the call are from totally different bits of the industry and we're all on the same calls and listening to the same stuff so yeah it's really good what was the other question you had you had um any uh, advice uh, oh if you're involved? an entry level person and you want to either get familiar get um get into the programmatic industry don't know where to start or you're already um, working but don't know how to get involved in networking. So in terms of advice, there's a ton of podcasts that you can listen to. Woo! <laughs> um, there's loads of stuff online now that there wasn't before. Um, mm -hmm. There's loads of training you can do. I know that I'm not sure with the trade desk one, I'm not sure whether you have to be registered to be able to do that, but I think the mm -hmm. Google one you can do online. Really mm -hmm. Yeah, you don't have to be registered. And if you're in a business already, you can ask mm -hmm. them to be, you know, they'll have connections where you can start to do like just the online training. There's tons oh. of stuff you can read. Um, but there's loads of, because of we've been in COVID and have been in lockdown, there's been loads of events that have been online and recorded. So before there wasn't a big resource of that, but there is now. So I would say, yeah, have a look. And then also just, yeah, just talk to people mm -hmm. really. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And actually it's a good segue to you, Amelia, because um, um the Women in Programmatic Network. What can you tell us about the network? Tell us everything we need to know. I think when we talk about networking, when we talk about building that internal network outside of your job, outside of job contacts, I think joining a group like the Women, the women in Programmatic Network is a very, very important and is part of your growth. So tell us a little bit more about the Women Programmatic. How can people join maybe if interested um, or, you know, the magic that happens. 
Yeah, sure. Yeah. So the Women in Programmatic was set up oh, a while ago now, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Y'all had a thousand, right? A thousand members, a thousand followers on LinkedIn now. Um, yeah, yeah, I believe start of January, uh, it was it was set up um, by a couple of people, kind of in the industry, um, just to mainly just create like awareness. The women in the programmatic industry meet together, come together, talk yeah. about the industry um, as well, and help it grow. Because ultimately, it needs everyone to be there for it to it to grow um in terms of like how what kind of happens obviously we're still relatively new um so there's variety of different things that have been happening the key one being there's monthly meetups that last for an hour i'm on a tuesday so everyone comes together obviously virtually uh, across the uk uh, and parts of some parts of europe just kind of listen about the updates what's happening with the industry we talk about a couple of things so i know a couple of uh, months ago we talked about like an entity um just how we feel like in the industry so yeah there's always different kind of like topics and talking points um more recently it's about a month ago now it seems like a while ago we actually did manage to all meet up in person obviously covid's eased quite a lot um in the uk um so we actually yeah we met up we had a drink um we talked to each other as well which was nice mm-hmm um and yeah just meet everyone and say hello um and yeah there's going to be another meetup happening in january in person i believe um so can't tell you dates but i feel like i've seen something so watch this space um in terms of joining i'm hoping Mm -hmm. that you'll link into the comments to this to the programmatic women in programmatic network website because there is a a a form where you can sign up there there's a uk uh, uk and europe one um and there's Mm -hmm. also which is being launched, yeah. Um, yeah, launched soon uh, next year. Um, but yeah, for the UK one, obviously that's the one that I'm on. Um, but yeah, yeah. sign up if you want to or not. And then there's also the LinkedIn uh, group to be part of as well. There's also like a WhatsApp group as well. You can be as, as active or as inactive as you want. Some people may just want to rock up, you know, have a drink with someone in January and just be like, oh, hey, there's other one in the industry or like, like to see someone like whose path she would never meet. So, yeah, obviously, like Hannah is probably someone that I would never, you know, I'd never cross paths with my day to day. But obviously, I have from the Women Programmatic Network, which is great because, you know, she's someone that's had a lot of experience in the industry, um, which is super important for someone like me who's only just had over three years in programmatic industry. So, there's a lot of things that I can and have like learned from other women out there um, because it is like super mixed. Like anyone's welcome from apprenticeship levels down to, yeah ceo is also free um there are a lot of other yes uh, that you've got to pay for it's all free like i give up my own time to help as well and obviously all the board members and other regional leaders uh do it in their own time as well which is yeah definitely a thing to to note about um but yeah that's kind of the network um so yeah feel free to join slide into the dms if you had any specific questions um yeah you got my name you can find me on LinkedIn. I'll always reply. Um, so yeah, that's that's the update on on it. But yeah, lots to be revealed. I say for next year in terms of hopefully some in person events, COVID depending. So that's true. I that's just- true. Before we get to Jaden, because I, I want to hear about the the Bloom Network. Correct me in a few seconds, but. I think, folks, if you had to just just stop the podcast right now, which I don't think why you would, but if you had, it's like the importance of networkers in general is that you build you build 
a network, you build friendship, where you build potential partnership. You have no idea how many times I've reached out to my network for potential client needs, potential business development, development to be a podcast guest, um, to be able to just connect and say, hello, how are you? How are the kids? How is everything? Um, how can I help you? So um, <clears throat> it might not be something that is might be beneficial on an immediate level. Sometimes it is, honestly. Um, but you build up the network and you stay in touch with people and you make sure that you bring in value as much as they should bring value to you. Um, LinkedIn is a great way to, to continue getting in touch with the, with the, with your network, but also joining, um, a group like the women in programmatic network is really important because then honestly, they do it for you. Like they bring everybody that has like a mind that similar mindset, maybe the same values or bring that diversity into a question, which is really important. And you get, you get to have a different perspective. So Jaden, I know you also have a, you founded something. So I would love to hear about that, but also make sure you highlight like the benefit, like a, why somebody should consider joining a network network or just like your your um your network as well or your group is it a group yeah well just before going on to talk about flame i just want to as well just echo what amelia said you know related to the yeah. women program network i've been a member and i think yeah since, since the beginning and um mm -hmm. i think one thing that amelia just mentioned is like for example there was an event a huge ad tech event uh a couple of weeks ago that you know tip you know tickets are quite expensive and you wouldn't possibly have gotten a ticket through it for your company so for example, I was able to get a ticket to attend uh, because I was part of the Women in Programmatic Network and you mm -hmm. said to fill out and you got to go. And then when we went, we got to meet other women at the event, which was great. Um, I know they're doing the same thing for an event that's coming up this week. And that's just, you know, fantastic. It just obviously giving women the opportunity to, to be there, to be seen and to have a voice in this big ad tech space has been great. So, yeah, I just wanted to still take some time to big, big kudos to the Women in Programmatic Network. Um, you know, yeah. it's fantastic to be a part of it. Um, and yeah, just on, on the topic of networks, like you said, Ellen, so there's a, a group um, in the UK called Bloom. Um, it's 11 years of age now as well. Um, <laughs> wow. been a member, yeah, so they had their 10 year anniversary last year. So I've been a oh, member. For, yeah, so I've been a member for two years now. Um, it's possibly been the best thing that ever happened to me, especially during the COVID period. Um, so Bloom, basically, fundamentally, they're all about championing the real voices of women within our industry, whether that being mm -hmm. through like events. Um, for example, they had a big Bloomfest one day event last week, which was fantastic. Um, they have a mentorship mentorship scheme. Can't say that. Say, <laughs> can't say that sentence. And they have a mentorship scheme where, for example, I would mentor somebody um, in the industry. They also have a co-mentoring scheme, which I'm also part of. So say, for example, I get paired up with um, a male counterpart in the industry. Um, and we'll have we'll meet up on a monthly basis and talk about gender disparity issues in our industry or whatever else comes onto the table. So it's um it's it's been it's been great. I think there's quite a few of the women in programmatic network who are also part of Bloom. Um, I know mm -hmm. Ellen, you're going to link the link link it here, but um I believe the membership opens again in February next year. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, I think you you touched on. <laughs> I didn't I didn't find I didn't found I co-founded a, a subgroup within Bloom. Uh, which oh, okay. Called yeah, I, w I wish I found a blame there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, no, I, 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 I'm, I'm pretty active within the network um, for just a number of reasons. It gives me so much more than I even give to it. So, uh, but yeah, so I, I co-founded a, a subgroup within Bloom called Bloom Wombs. And essentially, you know, as women in the industry, um, or just as women in general, there's so many different things you go through, you yeah. know, whether it's, you know, from period, menopause, IVF, mm -hmm. you know, miscarriage, you know, there's all these, these topics which are typically quite taboo to talk about. And Bloom Moons mm -hmm. really just 
it's you know it's all about opening up the conversations for these women and giving them a space to talk about these things so we'll do we'll do talks on endometriosis or fertility and all that kind of stuff at the moment there's a huge focus for me on um and, and a group i have to set up uh, create like a framework for policies for women in the workplace um so stay tuned for that hopefully it'll happen soon it's just obviously quite a lot of work but um yeah, but yeah. yeah. It's it's just when you have the network then and having the having those people that you can have these conversations with is a big big passion of mine and yeah so I think for me networking in that regard has been great just opening conversations and having having real conversations with real life people or or on the internet. I love that because and it goes um, into the next and final final question I have before we close the podcast. Um, but you talked about how networking is, is not only on a professional background, it could be on a personal, but you can find your next best friend. Like I have a friend of mine that uh, was there on a personal level, even though she was an old coworker. And now she, you know, when I, I went through, I invited to my wedding, she came to my baby shower, she founded her own um I'm going to call it media technology, a media agency. And now she's here supporting me with my consulting agency as well that I founded. So you like, you can go beyond, especially as, as women, we, we, we don't need it, but having that support to let you know, like, Hey, actually like things are going cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs and you're okay. Take some time off, take some mental, take a mental health for yourself. Like something inside, you're going through a lot outside of work and then you're coming here and there's still more stress. So my final question here would be, how do you handle that stress? And even if it's not stress, but adversity in a day, in your day-to-day -day work, um, it would be really cool if you can just share maybe, uh, a use cases where you had to really come back and say, all right, like I need to take some time. And I was able to get back to my, my beautiful self by doing this because we're going through a lot of burnout in our industry. Um, a little bit included, uh, I'm going to say a little bit of that was led by the pandemic, but in reality, it was probably something that was always happening and the pandemic highlighted that out loud. So, um, Hannah, how about you? You start sharing a little bit first, and then we'll go to Amelia and then Jaden. Yeah, so I think, it, like, as women, we put ourselves under yeah. enormous pressure to do, you oh, know, yeah. a lot more work than the person sitting next to us, which is sometimes not always, but sometimes a man. And I suppose as I've got more senior in the industry and I've only seen there has been more women above me that I've seen and mm -hmm. looking at them as role models and trying to see how they manage stress obviously has changed as well I think over like I you like say that. over the last few years um but it is incredibly difficult not to do that and as a now as a working mom as well I put myself under mm -hmm. more pressure I think um I love what you said about co-workers then like two of my really really good friends are co-workers from when I first came back from maternity leave that I met mm -hmm. in the new company that I went to and they say that I'm uh, one of my, my friends like you're the only person I know that can fit two days into one so I am really good at putting my phone down at the end of the day and shutting my laptop but I am incredibly bad when I'm at work at trying to yeah. in as possible because I know that when I get home I'm not that I can't be that person and I yeah. I suppose I've always been like that but I'm really bad at when I'm at work condensing everything and doing everything I can but then when I leave, that's it. And I don't do anything else. Like work is over for yeah. me. So I hear. I, I am I able to do that. separate it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I hear setting boundaries to, to differentiate, like to, you have to set boundaries between your day-to-day -day work and then your, your 
house and your home life and which I think is yeah. super important. So I can set I can set that boundary. That's completely fine. But the amount of work I'm doing while I'm at work, I have no boundaries, and I'm terrible oh. at doing that. I need someone to tell me sometimes. My old coworker, who I really miss, he was brilliant. He'd be just touch me on the arm, and I think it's time you go now, like because I wouldn't notice. I'd be getting quicker and quicker. He'd just say, yeah. "It's time for you to leave. Go and have a walk. Go and have five oh, minutes." So yeah. I think your coworkers are really important when you're that busy to tell you and I think during COVID I haven't had that I haven't had my friend sitting next to me telling me to just get off the phone and have five minutes and so he will whatsapp me now and tell me that way and I will do the same to him and so that's the way we get (laughs) that's great that's great (laughs) um Amelia yeah so a good question uh say kind of like the main ways that I deal with that kind of area so the moment I'm back at home with my mum um so I've got the dog that does distract me um and obviously take my mind off things so she's constantly needing attention and she barks all the time on calls sometimes um as well so obviously I have to let her out and play with her and take her for walks at lunchtime as well so that's helped a lot break things up um day to day but I think it's super important just to take five sometimes I think with me I can't just that I know my mind's always whirring round. So I think sometimes it's good just to take that five minutes, quickly go for a walk outside. I'm really into making coffees. I'm a massive coffee connoisseur. Oh, Um, snap. Okay. I'm definitely making myself an oat cappuccino. um, Okay. (laughs) My mind off like anything. Um, Love it. Love it. I'm a massive advocate of being active and like mental health. Obviously, I run, I gym, um, I play a lot of football as well. So for me, when I'm playing football um, is when like my mind just switches off. Um, I don't Mm -hmm. think about programmatical work. I'm solely thinking about football. Um, I also read quite a lot and find reading for me just helps me like unwind and just forget about like everything um, and just yeah. on that. So, yeah, I have to keep, yeah, I have to like do something for me to like overcome things, just think about different things. I hear physical uh, activities when in your way of like de-stressing, like you have to move your body. And that's been a goal of mine this quarter. I was like, no, at least 30 minutes a day, I'm going to move this body. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to move it. And recently we came across a YouTube uh, channel where uh, the it's just a, it's a French instructor. My first language is French. And she's doing like Zumba, 30 minutes, 20 minutes Zumba. And it's something I can include the toddler with me, like my one-year-old and a half. And we're loving it. So, like, that's my time with her to just connect. We don't always do it every day because, um, well, it's a toddler. They can only focus two, three minutes at a time. <laughs> so I'm chasing more than I'm dancing. But I find it like, okay, this is our moment. She likes it. She hears, she hears you know, she sees her mom being active. Um, so I like that. And also for my American listeners, she's football here is soccer. I don't don't play her. It's soccer. She's playing soccer. But uh, <laughs> Jaden, how about you close this conversation? <laughs> I'm just laughing here because now I'm like, maybe I recognize Amelia from playing her on the football pitch, or sorry, the soccer pitch for the <laughs> Americans. Yeah. I, also, I also play soccer slash football. So I play mm-hmm. for an 11 side team and a five side team. Shout out to Franchester United and Hackney Parrots, if anyone's listening. Oh, no way. Um, That's a maybe they played on the pitch, who knows? Oh, and actually, speaking <laughs> of dog, my one just decided he wanted to join. So oh, he's hello. going to come and join. Um, so yeah, I guess what I would do, what I do, I guess, physically separate myself from, from the day-to-day work. So like Amelia said, I play football, 
uh, twice a week, which I just love. It's one of the best things, kind of that. Um, I'm quite a gregarious person, so just having this that social element to it as well is really great yeah. for me. Um, also, I've recently taken up skateboarding again, so I've kind of found my skateboarding networking community okay. in East London, um, which I'm doing that too. So I guess it's finding finding networks kind of outside of your kind of work network too is another kind of a good way to 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 operate. But again, depends on what kind of person you are. Like I said. I'm quite gregarious, so I like to be social a lot. So, uh, so yeah. And then, yeah, and then also Rouge, Rouge keeps me uh, de-stressed a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love this. So um, three highlights from this, this conversation. Um, find yourself a mentor, a good friend to keep it real with you, okay? Letting you know when you need to stop, when you need to go, when you need to come back, reel you in. Um, I particularly want to highlight what you said, Hannah, about being able to find somebody that you have respect that has maybe made it in the industry and learning what they do and learning their their successes and failure and learning from it. And then Amelia, and I think Amelia and Jaden, you both highlighted one of the maybe just as important points in terms of like including physical um physical activities into your day-to-day and yes yeah, sometimes we're in front of the computer for like eight hours straight without getting up that's not healthy y'all you need to get up do your thing but like incorporating moving your body and as soon as i went from because i love to work out as well but at some point i would i would stress about it especially postpartum so now i rephrase it like i just need to move my body and like i've i've been super consistent and i've been having a lot of fun and of course seeing some mental and physical benefit to it so i would encourage you to find your people find yourself some people that you can relate to some people that are going to keep it real move your body and once in a while step away water your plants make a cappuccino hug your pets hug the other people, uh, the, your other co-workers that actually don't work at all. Like one of them is the pet, like I have a dog and the baby. <laughs> They're the most expensive co-workers, but they do no work except making us happy. I guess that's that's, uh, that's to say. So, okay, so we're going to close the podcast. I'd like to ask uh, one quick personal question. Um, so tell me one fun fact and then we'll, we'll close the whole, the whole pod. So Amelia, what's a fun fact, aside from being like a coffee connoisseur and then a soccer player, which could have been fun facts, something else. <laughs> oh, fun fact. Um, <laughs> what little thing, no, you got, you've got me on the spot. I wasn't expecting that. Um, <laughs> I'm just trying to think about what people might have, who know about me, listen to this and might not know about me. Um, okay, fun fact. I've actually, I actually own a really large trainer collection um, last time I actually counted was well over like 35 pairs of trainers. That doesn't include shoes either. This is just like trainers, either fashion or running trainers. So yeah, I've got most. Oh, okay. So you have a larger closet than most. Yeah. Yeah. The large, large trainer collection. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, Jaden. Um, I would say my fun fact, apart from what I already said, I was going to say that I'm Irish, but that's pretty obvious, I think. Uh, (laughs) I would say that if I wasn't working in programmatic right now, I would probably end up being a perfumer. Um, I have this really sometimes creepy ability to tell what perfume people are wearing, and I can even (laughs) go down to the... You're wearing two different mixes, I can say it, or I can also, Uh if I go to a perfume shop, I can tell all the top and base notes so yeah that's probably a fun fact i know a lot about perfume oh my god you should still do it you should still work in programmatic and find some time to do that there you go 
You should do it. You should do it, Hannah. I'm going to do it. Yeah, that's really good. I mean, I can tell the difference between different gins, but I don't think that's a fun fact. I don't know. Um, I <laughs> I didn't say anything about movement, and you all have said about amazing movements that you've been doing. So I, I ran a half marathon about four years ago, and I've been sort of in the back of my head thinking about maybe doing it again after when I did it. I swore I would never do it, and it's been really difficult <laughs> for me to start running again since then. But, yeah, that was a massive achievement, and... Yeah, I didn't tell anyone because I was a bit scared, but yeah, I managed to do it. So fun fact. Oh wow, that's super cool, uh, ladies. That is super cool. Thank you so much for dropping by today. Um, this has been a blessing. This has been a long time coming, but this is not the last time we'll see the women in programmatic network come and bless us with uh their bold asses uh experience and journey. Um, so if anyone had to reach you, it would be via LinkedIn. Can you guys quickly drop a, an email or let me know what to add in my show notes. But most of the, the ladies on the podcast right now are in the Women in Programmatic Network, so you can refer to them. I did drop the email while one of you was talking earlier. Here it is. So make sure you go over there. And this is not only um, from the UK, you know, and European, like there's still, they're growing their American footprint. So uh, for my for American people, feel free to reach out to them as well. So thank you again for joining and you, everyone have a wonderful day. Thank you. And happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Thank you. Oh yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> Bye.